0: Alright, we're recording for the audio people. Audio people, we're going live on Facebook, not like you care. And if you're the guy who gave us
1: one star.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. If you're the prick that gave us one star. On uh, the audio. On the damn iPod <coughs> app. I, whatever. Podcast, Google, no it wasn't Google, it was the Apple Podcast app. No, a Google
1: person would do that.
0: Yeah, right. They just all markets happy to have. <laughs> I guess true. It's free, so they would just be like, "Free content, I love it." Give Give me all of it. Now
1: I'm going to talk shit.
0: <clears throat> so, um, Amy is in Canada and has no service. Go figure. So uh, <laughs> we're waiting on. Canada figure out the internet, and then she should be signing in. Um, is, is bummer. She from Canada? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bummer that there was no um, no national this weekend.
1: Bummer. Except for I thought I was missing the national, and then my dad's like, "No race this weekend. That's weird."
0: Why? What did you uh, like? What, what did you have to do?
1: I had uh, two birthday parties. Uh, a Bible study group, and what else was it? Busy weekend. It was a busy weekend. That's pretty much it. It was a, it was like a bender the whole weekend. The whole weekend.
0: Even Bible, Bible study, study Chris. Uh, birthday parties, just alcohol everywhere. It was just like
1: it was just flowing. It was like whoa. Like like a old rap
0: song. Yeah, exactly. Like whoa, whoa. I <sighs> got um, clown shoes today, son. <clears throat> Mango it just American. Fun. Oh, clams. I think I said clam cheese. Clam, sh- uh, clam shoes, damn it. <laughs> clown <Clam laughs> shoes. I've You're already blurry, had like four clam shoes already. So. You're blurry. You know that? I think that I just sick. popped up. Ah. Are you here? How about now? Hold on, let me get the right frame here so I can see live. There you go. You can see like it? It? No, I've just seen the picture, the karate kit kick, kick picture. It's back. Like...
2: You guys, I'm on like three G network
0: here. That's fine. Right now we can hear you. Okay, perfect. Sounds clear. clear? <clears throat> yeah. Hey, do you have um cell phone headphones like with the mic thing? I do. That would pro that may help. Yeah. Okay. Sounded alright over here. Well, you know, I'm just trying to
1: Step the game up. Do I um, sound alright?
0: You do sound alright. I'm trying go to, to mess with my okay. trying to mess with my EQ. Yeah, don't inside your mouth is worse. F- we're go? Like, like, yeah, inside my mouth. I want true. you to hear my soul. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> ah,
0: I can't, I can hear it crying. <laughs> Hang on, I need another, I need another drink. <laughs> what do you got, uh, all day IPA? Drink. Yeah, I didn't want
2: to
0: cry this. Oh, yeah. like,
2: How's this? this
1: That's Sounds good. good.
2: Perfect.
1: All right, we're but going to.
0: No, I can't hear you. I don't know what's going Nobody on audio is freaking out about that. None. (laughs) (laughs) There goes our stars. Somebody else just gave us one star. The dickhead.
2: Sorry, guys.
0: No worries. That's our whole issue is audio, I'm pretty sure. That's why the only reason anybody, well, other than they dislike me. Uh (laughs) That, I like <laughs>
1: people online, so I could be it
2: too. <laughs> Do you guys have um, all new MacBooks?
0: Um, no, no. Uh, apparently,
2: they like got rid of the um, that external hard drive port, and me and Jim are having like a hell of a time too with all of our audio and having to get all new connections, and like it's just a shit show.
0: What does it run like that lightning cord or whatever it is?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, see, I got both on my computer because I bought a refurbished one, so. Um, yeah, still, these are
2: all the brand new ones, like 2000 and like 17 to 18. See, it just why, switched all technology.
0: That's why that's I That's for you. That's why I just weighed it out, and then eventually I'll this end up with the cord. This I have like <laughs> <five-year-old, five-year-old Del. laughs> a five year old
1: five year old Dell. <laughs> Everything Del- plugs into it. Perfect. Dude Nick's capped an Android. I'm just fighting it.
2: Are you an Android?
1: Yeah, of course. That's why I'm here, that's why it's working. <laughs>
0: oh, oh I'm not an Android. That's why no, we can see Nick.
1: Is what he said. I'm a user, even in my flyover state.
2: Yeah, Nick's. Uh, it's pretty clear on Nick's end. It's a little blurry on yours.
1: What? Yep. Clint's computer has a breathalyzer, so it's we're seeing him how he sees us. <laughs> is
0: that what it is? Well, you've been out yakking all day. I was. I was kayaking with my girlfriend.
2: So, what area are you guys from?
0: I live in New Jersey,
1: and I'm in Illinois, south of Chicago. Nice. And you're in Canada.
2: I'm in Canada, just the big part, the big flat, boring part.
1: Wear a boot.
2: Winter bag. Where? You probably don't know it because you'll drive or fly over it and not see anything.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you can watch a dog run right away there. for like
2: five days. Yeah, and I get like that. Illinois, but everything <laughs> is dug down. Like our snowboard hills and ditches. Like, it's as flat as flat it can get. And as cold as it can get.
1: Yeah, that's Illinois. Minus the, as
0: cold as do it you can have get. A, do you have a great lake, Amy?
2: <clears throat> we have a Lake Winnipeg. Not a great lake, yeah. but it's pretty great (laughs) says you yes but we do have good motocross tracks like it's um like that chocolate cake dirt for the boring part of winnipeg we actually have a ton of moto tracks it's all farmland here so nothing else to do
0: yeah
1: perfect perfect dirt that's what we got but we gotta fight with the farmers for it
2: yeah the bean fields of illinois
1: that's That's my backyard Oh yeah, yeah. See where you're at. I had to look it up. I know that's bad, but I had to. Post it what up so
0: we can all see it. Oh yeah, I can do that. Share it with us, Nick. You're not driving.
1: I know. Last week I was road tripping, so I didn't get to uh, Where to? Uh, I was dropping my sister off in Kentucky. I thought I was going to Cincinnati and then we it was Kentucky. Basically the same thing.
0: Oh, she's straight above you.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You go fly off both of us at the same time.
2: Well, you're below Ontario, so... Like, Ontario's beautiful. Winnipeg, not so much.
1: I think it goes this way, though, with the, the flat Earth.
0: Let's see. You guys are just parallel on the flat Earth. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, if I drive straight down, though, I go through, like, Minnesota, North Dakota... And, like, Oklahoma. I don't know my American geography that well.
1: Don't
0: those are rough? Me. That's a rough drive. look at the, Come um, on. can you see, you can see the, um, you can see us. I bet you just haven't allowed us to see your camera or something. Look on there yeah, and see if there's an X over a camera at the bottom <clears throat> of your screen. Like,
1: move the mouse around, you'll see the hang-up button at the bottom. Um,
2: I just see a map now.
0: Well, no, but if you move your your cursor Oh, over, shit, here we go. ...or touch the screen, yeah, at the bottom... I got a
2: microphone.
0: And then there's yeah, the camera one... looking right. Hold on. Microphone, phone, and a camera, right?
2: Yeah, and they're all black, except the hit. phone thingy. It's oh. red. Hit the,
1: hit the camera. Try that one. Hello? Mm-hmm.
2: I just yeah. see my picture, and I see another, like... I see...
1: That's
0: us doing geography.
2: What the
0: yeah. hell? Didn't the Winnipeg Jets do pretty good this year?
2: Yeah, pretty good. I think they made it too. Okay, I'm not a hockey fan.
0: Don't be on my
2: butt about it. I know. We're you not. guys are American, so I think I can say that and get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: that's um, fine. Although, yeah, I, we, I am a Rangers fan.
2: And Rangers are
0: what sport? <laughs> hockey. You're Love like it. me in every other sport. Um, I know.
2: Okay, like, I'm not into team sports. I am a diehard moto kid, so. You know, I like the X Games or Olympics. I'll probably watch more of the figure skating and Olympics than I will hockey game.
0: I mean, I understand. Hockey's literally the only thing that I watch other than motocross. What's that? that? Hockey's the only sport that I watch other than motocross. I don't watch anything else.
2: You don't watch X Games?
0: Oh, well, yeah. Like I said, other than motocross... So I consider... I did freestyle for 16 years, yeah. I um, enjoy X Games. Do we lose her?
1: No, I just... I don't know, maybe...
0: Not you. She might be mad mad. about the X Games, family. She might be mad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like the X Games. You there? Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Uh, (laughs) Hello. We
2: can hear you. (laughs) Hey. Okay.
0: We're just singing "Blame Canada."
2: I think it's just this house.
0: It's just my my parents here. We're gonna just. I'm
2: re I am revamping my dad's motorhome for Father's Day. I'm doing like extreme motorhome makeovers right now.
1: (laughs) What are you doing to it?
2: Um, just gutting the inside, like redoing the walls and the flooring. It's a little bit of a hot mess in there, so.
0: Just gutting it, no worries, Dad.
2: Oh yeah, yes, every time not. I like try something else, it's like opening Pandora's box, and I have. I might have taken out a little bit more. I can chew. The... Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, we've actually spent more time just chit-chatting about nothing. Yes. Uh, so because you guys are know, making you're... me all
2: nervous. I feel bad that my reception We're... sucks. And...
0: Hey, Doesn't matter. listen, we had to cut Nate Adams off at like 45 minutes because someone's internet kept cutting out. We're just like, sorry, Nate. Nobody can hear you. <laughs> we oh just stopped. God. Yeah. So, you know, haven't hey, talked, talked to him
1: since he won't didn't even talk, answer calls. I've
0: texted him since then. So
1: I just made that all up. Right, us right. was trying to start some shit.
0: <laughs> we h- hate us. Me. Nate hates <laughs> us. We've been feuding online all time.
1: Um, yeah, we got the exclusive footage of it happening. It happened here first.
0: <laughs> uh, so you obviously raced motocross, correct? Well, still correct. Um, so when did you start racing? You raced as like a little kid?
2: Um. Well, back in the day, excuse me, I'm going to age myself here, guys. Um, back in the day, um, there was no 50cc class. We just, a couple kids of the parents rode around the pits and um, they made a little circle track. And it was actually my dad was, uh, you know, talked to the promoters and said we need to get the kids riding. And uh, and yeah, me and another girl here in Manitoba were actually the first little girls to start racing back. I think I was about three years old. Started really young. But there's just three kids. we just... You know, there's only two tracks that had a little fifty track, but um yeah, we kind of started from the ground up here. Well, like, yeah, I'm is aging this? myself. I'm twenty-nine, like damn. So <laughs> I'll be able to raise plus
0: thirty. Yeah, you'll mm-hmm. be able to raise vet class.
2: I know. Plus, hey, plus those, is always fast. I know, and plus twenty-five is fast.
0: Yeah. plus, plus twenty-five is real fast. Um For some reason, it drops off at 30. 30 is, like, a little bit slower than 25 is. It's not quite as intense.
2: Yeah, but plus 30, they're still, you know, kind of trying to show them young boys what's up. So, Uh, my dad had a pretty successful career, like, in plus 30 and plus
0: 40. Well, so that's uh, what I was going to say, too. You kind of jumped jumped in on me. Your dad's, like, kind of a Canadian, you know, like, he's a well-known Canadian racer, right?
2: Yeah, my dad is a legend like, self-proclaimed legend from me because he is my father and has taught me everything that I know. And it's been really cool now that I'm older to kind of sit back and take it all in. Like, what all my dad has accomplished and and how he's accomplished it. Like, it's, it's wild. Even this weekend, it was kind of a reality check. Um, I drove 13 hours with one of my friends to, so like, a pro-am race. I was the support class. Women's were the support class. But... You know, my dad did it for years, just me and him in the van driving around North America. Um, he was racing like dashes for cash and uh, lining up for a plus 25A, usually a pro payout and pro class. But, you know, he was doing it on his own and me tagging along. But I didn't really realize until this weekend like how much effort it is. And I only did one weekend, never mind every single weekend by himself. You know, he's he, his own manic. He's helping me out too. Um like I if I wasn't brought up that way just traveling to the races in a van with my dad you know I would have a completely different perspective of it all like now I appreciate it back then like you have no idea what it takes like you're just <clears> kind of along for the ride um but now it's like it's kind of brought me back to my roots now that I've you know finished my pro career and I'm just hanging out having a good time with my friends but I didn't realize you know how his career really evolved like he won the the 79 national canadian championship with my mom traveling in a in a van again um across canada and then for years like him and my mom and my myself just loaded up the winnebago across canada and he was racing the plus um like the vet canadian national championship so like he's very humble like he is the guy who will lend you his bike and you know, his own class, if you wanted to ride. He's just so badass. It's I can't even explain it.
0: So in 79, he had to have been in Canada. He had to be one of the first people not using horse and buggy, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, old
2: collapsed-out bikes. I'm, I'm pretty sure we still have his championship bike in the garage here. But, um, yeah, I mean, riding those vintage bikes, like, I can't believe how, you know, Those guys used to just shred on those things back in the
0: day. They didn't know any better.
2: And he still has the old school style nowadays, but, yeah.
0: That's awesome. Um, Yeah, my dad didn't ride at all. Like, he built motors and stuff and built Harleys and cars, but, like, he never Mm -hmm. raced dirt bikes or anything. So, like, our first race we went to at Englishtown, and then when we got done... With the first moto, we started loading up. I was on 80s. I was like 13. We start loading up, and the kid next to me that I raced with is like, where did you guys break your bike? And I'm like, no, man, we raced. That was it. Because i literally only seen Supercross. So I thought that was the main event, and that was it, you know? Yeah. And and the kid's like, uh, he's like, uh, hey, no, we got another race. And I was like, what? No way. Because we didn't know anything, you know? Yeah.
2: But that's how the, the memories are made. Like, you learn as you go. And, you know, that's the fun part about it. Like, you know, you never remember, like, the championships you won or the races you won and where you go. Like, you learn – you remember that time that you almost loaded up and, you know, missed your second moto. I remember the time we got lost and ended up in a different state racing a completely different race. It's the adventures (laughs) along the way that I can sit back now and actually, like, appreciate. You know, I – and I've seen both sides. Like, I've seen – You know, the families come and put all their money together and, um, you know, go out and do the Loretta's in the amateur scene and, you know, chase that pro card. And and that's okay. I mean, if that's the way they want to go about their racing career. But, you know, mine was very different. Um, It was about my dad. It was like, here's a bike game. If you want to race, sure. If you don't, that's fine. And that's probably why I still race to this day. I was never pushed, Um, you know my dad was there to win. Like that's how we made our money. And he kept the bikes rolling in and stuff is, you know, it was for him. And then I remember getting it dead last in super mini class with the guys. And I just was fed up. I'm like, okay, I need to train. I actually want to be good at this. There's nothing else I'm good at at all. I tried a little bit of everything, (laughs) Um, but it was up to me. Like I didn't have that dad that pushed me into racing. Um, He gave me advice when I needed it, but really he just kind of, pave that way to show me what that's this sport actually has to offer you know traveling me, meeting new friends seeing new places and, and making it work like that's what we are about just making it work I remember going to Millville one time and we had no cutlery we had no barbecue sauce or plates or anything and I ate a steak out of the back of the van with a screwdriver and I will remember that moment for the rest of my life because you know we just made do but that's you know, like that's, the coming of age story, if you will.
0: That's, that's the best the, times. Yeah, where on. else do you in.
2: get memories like that?
1: You know? the not baseball.
2: <laughs> yeah, any sport. <laughs> like, I
1: mean, any. Sport. No, I said not baseball. <laughs> no. I said the same. Well, you know,
2: <laughs> you know, whether it's baseball, uh, hockey, soccer, whatever, even knitting, man. Like, if you have something that you're invested in, um, like, sports teach you, like, core values that. You know th- this new generation of the digital kids who are on their iPhones and their iPads and gaming or whatever. You know, Hopefully, they're never listening getting...
1: to this podcast. <laughs> yeah,
2: you can still <laughs> listen to this podcast and be working in the shop, okay? But you know, sports teach you these fundamental lessons of hitting the ground hard as possible and picking yourself back up and finishing the race. And you know what you learn going to a motocross track with your family and your friends is just you know lessons that you'll be able to carry. Wherever you go in life. And, you know, it's been an interesting journey for sure for me. But riding and racing and the the whole process of it just brings me really, like, back to my roots. And I'm super grateful that I've been able to do with my family and my dad and my mom. And, yeah.
0: So you did, you race the women's pro class and the women's pro nationals and stuff?
2: I did the Canadian nationals for a little while. Um, I think it was 2007 I want to say, because I believe that's when I graduated, um, kind of that story, graduated high school, uh, went down to California for, quote, unquote, our winter. Well, us Canadians usually have to migrate somewhere else. But um, had no concept of what it took, you know, got my first credit card, went to California. <laughs> You're really, like, caught up in the lights and camera and action about it all and um, really distracted. Like, I had no idea what I was, what I was doing. And you know, I kinda wasted it. Like I wasted that opportunity of going down there and getting my first training experience in in Cali. But um but yeah, after that went back to the Canadian Nationals, broke my wrist, first race, first moto, first court runner. So yeah. Nice. yeah. I, uh, I Hello?
0: Yeah. That's just Nick breaking up because he's in a flyover state. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, my, my pro racing career is extremely short-lived and very, you know, up and down. I was a privateer doing it with my friends, you know, doing it by myself. Like, I had no idea what I was doing, but, um, you know, it helped me get to where I am today. Like, I can honestly say I've never won anything big, but I'm okay with that. It took me, like, a lot of years to be okay with that. And it was when I was done trying to be pro that I actually got faster and, Started getting better because there was no pressure. Yeah. I was out just riding around and having a good time.
0: Yeah, but I, I, but I know
2: a lot of people call me out. A lot of people wonder, you know, what have you done? Like, I've never won a Canadian national. I've raced one WMX race when WMX was still or WMA uh, in the US. Um, I got the opportunity to go over to Europe and race the FIM Championships. Broke my shoulder. No big deal. <laughs> Practice. Nice. So yeah, like I'm. Are you see went to Europe
0: now. and then got hurt in practice? Pardon me. You went to Europe to race the MXGP and got hurt yep. in practice. Yep. Oh my goodness, where yep. were you at?
2: Um, in France. Uh Yeah.
0: Such a yep.
2: Such a piss off. Well, but again, like it took me years <laughs> to be able to be okay with that. It took me a long time to be able to say yeah i went there i you know kissed the opportunity goodbye but it was everything all along the way that's really you know the connections i made the people i talked to and just that whole experience that i've been able to learn from it
0: i tell people all the time that about my freestyle career that Mm -hmm. i didn't do everything that i wanted to do and like Mm -hmm. make it to x games and things like that but I also saw a lot more than I ever imagined that I would, even ex- mm-hmm. even in my head, going to X games and doing all that, I never included all the things that I actually did see along mm-hmm. the way and the experiences that I had, which I think is what you're saying. you know it's like you 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 didn't reach your goals that you thought that you wanted, but you still you know end up experience a lot and having you know a bunch of memories that are. Maybe, you know, and I don't know, I didn't win anything big and maybe that's super cool and it's way better than memories. But right now, at least I have good times, you know, and good experiences.
2: Yeah, well, back when you are 16 years old, even younger, probably like 13, 14, I I told myself that I wanted to win a Canadian national by the time I was 16. You know, when you're younger, you have all these, you know, ridiculous expectations and ideologies of how you think your career is going to play out and what you want to do and You really have no idea. Like, I I went to school. I always had to go to school. I always had to have a job. And I had to go to university. So, you know, I was—I didn't know at 13 years old that I was going to try to race pro while going to school. And it's, it's tough. Like, you know, that was a big fork in the road that you don't plan when you're 13 years old. You don't put it into the equation. But you set these expectations for yourself. And when you're young and you don't reach them at that time... You know, it's like your world falls apart and you don't know what you're doing and it's super heavy on you. Um, you know, and it's not until you're older and realize that, you know, expectations are just almost a waste of time if you will. Like you I've learned now later that it was the fact that I just kept setting these ridiculous, outrageous goals that allowed me to, you know, keep that career going no matter what direction it was and I was very open to whatever came my way to say yes, to put down, you know, put down the bike and go to school and start working in the industry and work on the business side because that opened a lot of doors as well. I never thought that that's what I'd want to do when I was 13 years old, but, you know, I had to pay the bills. I needed to, you know, pay my way if I wanted to race all summer. So it was just, it was a hard pill to swallow when I was young to, know set these goals that I wanted to win I wanted to be the best and I thought that's how I was going to be able to like leave my legacy and and you know have a good career but now I realize that you know if that wasn't that's not for me I know I'm not going to be the best I don't like to train I don't like to you know I have a million other things going on it's a full-time investment and that's not for me like I need to kind of spread myself out and do a bunch of other things but that's how I went about my career is just trying to do a little bit of everything, trying to have a uh, well-rounded knowledge of all sides, you know, all sides of the industry, the, you know, being a brand rep, working for a, 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 you know, working in the industry on a whole bunch of different levels. It really made me understand, you know, the sport that I love and how it all works. And it's opened so many more doors. So I'm super thankful.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I feel like, women, like, men get paid shit for races. I imagine the woman's purse is, like, ridiculously low.
2: There's a woman's purse? What? Really? Like, so,
0: WMAs, they didn't get paid for that?
2: Um, I have no idea. Like, W, it was WMA, and then WMX, or it switched, and it was only around for a short period of time. There
0: had to have been Um, some sort of pro... Pro-paying. Oh,
2: absolutely. I think they're... Okay. And it was minimal. <laughs> it was the fact... Like, there... It was to cover maybe your entry fee. I mean, there was uh, nothing other than maybe a factory sponsorship that, you know, Fiolic and right. Sarah Whitmore, Patterson, and Price had. And, I mean, those chicks were fast. I mean, those girls earned their factory sponsorship. Or, but uh, unless um, they were getting money from the factory, yeah. like, you know, how do you make any money racing as a female? Like, I... You know, I was not going to be able to pay my bills and do what I love to do and go racing all summer, chasing a championship. Yeah. And even now, like, I, I see these girls who, you know, drop everything and go and race the Canadian Nationals. And, I mean, that's fine. You do you. If that's your goal, you go and do that. But you need a plan B. You know, you have to understand that you're not going to be able to put a down payment on a house or, you know, buy a vehicle and, you know, pay your bills doing that. Like, you need – a plan B and people don't realize that you're, you know, you're going to make millions racing as a female r- motocross racer, no. but you can race and you can do a podcast or you can work in the industry. Like you need to find a balance with something else to be able to basically, it's like, this is what we do for fun as pro as, you know, pro as you want to call it. I mean, this is still like a weekend
0: warrior sport. Yeah, for the, you know, obviously for the females it is for sure. Like, and I was thinking about that for um local races. There is no female payout, is there? Because I was What's thinking that? about it. There's no woman's A, woman's B. There's just a woman's class at local races. So they probably don't pay out that either, do they?
2: Nope, no payout. I, I remember one time years ago, um, I got 20 bucks back there. One track. Decided they were going to do a, a payout. Um, and I was like the happiest day of my life. I'm like, why don't they do this all the time? Yeah, you know, There's little ladies class or girls class, and then there's women. But, you know, the top couple girls in the U.S. Um, switch to GNC now. Like, they do the the enduro. and I mean, those chicks are fast as well. There's no, um, girls with the – I'm trying to – Casey Martinez, I believe her name is. I don't know. I don't
0: follow
1: – I, I just think. leave – yeah, get here. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched any GNCC stuff. I should have, but. Uh...
2: Well, GNC now is where the money is. All the girls who used to race motocross, you know, flipped sides and went to the dark side and do GNC.
0: Well, oh, good. When, There's
2: nothing for moto anymore. When like freestylers
0: I, start riding quads because they make more money, we call it going gay for pay. <laughs> so, we could just call it well, How, how
2: does the freestyle work? Like, where is that transition? You
1: know, what do you mean? With... It, it, you transition to getting a job. because yeah.
0: has... <laughs> yeah. Or to a, to a crutches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then to getting a job. That's what I did. <laughs> uh, you, you know, it's weird. Like, freestyle is really weird because there is no, like, building series. that We tried. Mm-hmm. I, I had a series for, like, six years. Uh, amateur. Which fre- one? Uh The uh, uh, FMX or um, I had the FMX East Challenge, and then we did the Moto X Challenge. It was all in the United States. We did like Mm -hmm. five or six of them a year, Um, but it was just all amateur stuff. We'd have like a -hmm. a, a pro class or something, maybe. But But that's um, cool.
2: Like that gives these amateur kids something to you know work towards. Yeah, but they were show.
0: Yeah, but you get it. You get it. But they were such pricks. Kids would write me and be like, hey, what's the payout? And I'm like, payout? It's an amateur contest. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm spending like $1,000 every one of these I do. I do like six of them a year. I'm like, I can't pay people any money. I'm already losing money on these things just trying (laughs) to... Mm -hmm. But I showed up and didn't ask what any of the payoffs were. He spring. didn't say shit. And that's I what just wanted there.
1: stickers and a drink with Clint. <laughs> and he fucking he blew me off. I both...
0: Shut up. Ah, loser. That's... <laughs> no, this kid's tagging me to drink with him. Nick won the novice class, and then he come back the next year and won the amateur class. And then we started using him in shows with us. We even gave him a company credit card. And he would buy drinks on it all the time and send us pictures of his receipts.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. See that people <laughs> abusing the system here. But, I mean,
1: you, That's exactly right. You tell him. Yeah. Hey, he keeps coming back. He keeps coming back.
2: <laughs> well, that's the thing that you started a good thing and people abuse this system and people don't see, like, you know, I see this with track promoters and like the, the race series here in Manitoba too, you know, <laughs> that transition from people who are passionate and, are riders or racers, you know, who start something and you have all these other people who come in, you know, throw their kids in and they're trying to live vicariously, you know, through their child and don't care, you know, for actually trying to see the progression of the sport and the fact that, you know, this you know, series that you started, it is supposed to be a stepping stone and a foundation to, you know, introduce new athletes and like spark that passion and get kids involved. And, you know, it just, it sucks when you actually give a, sh- like, give a shit and people don't. You know, they kind of ruin it for everybody.
1: It's as- like, moto dads, though? Yeah. Like, yeah. pushing. and Like, I, I spent all this money to get here, and now my kid's not getting into the main or whatever.
2: Yeah, and, uh, like, going back to my dad, that's the reason I'm still racing, is because my dad did not care if I was first or last. You know, he knew that I was going to be upset if I got last. If I got beat by that 16-year-old girl, you know, at 24, he knew I was going to be pissed. And he just, you know, kind of let me be. But, you know, we did it to have fun and have a good time and enjoy it. And, you know, I see, I, I watched a, a 50 dad get in a fist fight with the flaggers this weekend, okay?
0: So, <laughs> yeah.
2: It's insane and these kids hey, just get pushed. He and,
0: should have been flagging right. Yeah, where was he at? <laughs>
2: He was standing on the track with a beer in his hand, and the flagger was not so was,
0: happy. Oh, <laughs> this?
2: And this is Pee Wee class; like he was four years old.
0: The dad but, was the dad had a beer.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I
0: mean, fuck yeah, man.
2: Oh hell yeah! I mean, by all means, <laughs> but I mean, don't punch a poor flagger.
0: I mean, he's just there. trying what to... What happened? Was the flagger like, "Listen, sir, you can't have that beer out here"? And he was like, "What'd you say? My kid's racing." Wham! Is that how I that have night? no idea. I, mean, I just come. heard
2: about it later. But, I mean, you get, like, this crazy... um,
0: You found it, Nick? No, I just found that moto dad's Uh, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Cancels?
2: Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, I see that all the time. Like, I teach motocross schools now, so it's, it's really interesting to watch, you know, the family dynamics and pay attention to the parents. Like, it's entertainment. You know, the kid, some, I've seen parents literally do the whole moto running beside their kid on the track. Like it's, it's impressive. I'm pretty darn (laughs) impressed and I'm pretty terrified to when I'm going to have a moto kid. But, you know, I mean, as long as your kid is having a good time and staying out of trouble, I mean, they, you do you. You Oh, I, I couldn't imagine like selling your, your, you know, the family farm in your life and packing up and going to chase your kid's dreams. Like. You know, what kind of pressure is that on a 12-year-old kid? Yeah,
0: exactly. I feel like that's unnecessary. Dude, like, let's, let's wait it out a little longer than 12. This little 50 back <laughs> there. Been in
1: the, this little 50's been in the family since, like, 2001 when my, my nephew got it. And I have jumped in. No, that's that's all the pressure I cast. And it's like, you want to ride it? And he's like, nah. And then some days he just asked me. And that's when we ride. Otherwise...
2: That's awesome, though. You're guess, not raising a no
1: champion, Nick. <laughs> I know. And I think about that because the <laughs> kids are, like, killing it right now. And I'm like, <laughs> i can kick ass. But if he doesn't mm-hmm. want to ride, I don't – I don't know.
2: But I love it, that. But you might be raising a champion because those kids at, like, nine years old are going to get burnt out, you know. If they don't yeah. want to ride and their parents are dragging them to the track and, you know, you get it. You yeah. get it as a guy who rides how – To go about it, you know.
1: Well, that's how my dad was. He never, ever, he was like, because he was always worried I was going to get hurt, and then he felt like it was on him, but he just never pushed me. But I still, you know, he got me everything I needed. He's like, if you Mm -hmm. want to race, here it is.
2: And that's why you still love it, and that's why you guys are, like, you know, still invested and, you know, involved in this industry. Like, you see people come and go, like, freaking, you know, night and day. Like, they show up once at Loretta's, get mid-pack, and boom, sell everything.
0: Man, I know people that show up to two shows, and then that's the end of it. They did freestyle. Yeah, I mean, it's like, a
2: whole different ballgame with you guys. Like, I couldn't even imagine, you know, the injuries that come along with freestyle. Like, that's – we talk about it a lot, actually, on uh, Down and Dirty, but, but the evolution of freestyle. Like, where is it going now? Like, what's, what's next? Like, you've seen it kind of tame down a little bit in the last couple of years. But, you know, I'm actually really interested in your opinion in the next, um, like, three years –
0: I don't know. I think, it just, I think it just cranked back up. Yeah, with the, with Pastrana coming out with that new ramp, I think that's going to open a bunch of doors that I don't want to walk through. I mean, no. I, I raced A class. I had a pro card. I did all that. I actually ended up starting getting into racing towards the end of my freestyle career. I knew I was, like, kind of over it, and I started getting back into racing. And I was going just all the time by myself, and I ended up breaking my leg. Getting infection, having all these surgeries, Uh, blah, blah, blah. I quit freestyle. And then basically (laughs) I started the Two Wheels to Freedom thing. And then I asked Nick to do the podcast with me. And I still go and race it sometimes. I mean, I'm basically waiting for my leg to heal better. But um, I still go and race and stuff uh, a little bit here and there. But um, I mean, yeah, like you said, I like dirt bikes more than anything period, Mm. you know, because I I, uh, I think, you know, my parents didn't know enough to really pressure me into all that stuff, Yeah. Uh, so I just did it on my own, because I wanted to do it, but I mean- So how long
2: are are you off with your leg?
0: Well, I mean, it just drug on because I got an infection, and then Mm -hmm. I was off it for, uh, I'm like two and a half years now, but it's still like- Visibly smaller than my other leg, I still think I have a little bit of an infection in there because wow. if I um, ride and I get my dab my foot down in a corner and twist my leg, it hurts like in the middle of my shin. So I'm pretty sure it's not healed all correctly. But um, damn, uh, that so I mean I was pretty much this circling back to what you were saying. I pretty much was already over trying to do <clears throat> the things that all the kids were doing you know and not even kids like I'm good friends with Javier and Brody and I'm like I don't want to have to do I know the amount of commitment it's going to take to do what you're doing and I do yeah. not I do not want to have to do that and I know the risk of it so yeah. I was already kind of like bowing out so once this injury happened and it took so long I'm just like you know maybe there's a sign I just need to bow out of this I'm not I'm not doing a KOD flip so, I did backflips, I did a couple of flip tricks, but I'm like, I don't want to have to do what those guys are doing. And I mean, I, it's crazy because, you know, I, I don't know, like, where it's going. Honestly, if you're not in it and you're not progressing the tricks yourself, it's really hard to see what's coming next. Like, who saw mm-hmm. that, that nose wheelie to front clip thing coming? Yeah. I,
1: don't know. I yeah. guess
0: I guess it's magical, you know what I mean? But now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's a big thing, and I guarantee you in the next year or two, you're going to have five, ten guys try that. Yeah. And that's and that's, that's going to change the courses, too. Exactly. So, like, so that's how everything is. Right? <sighs> the freestyle is so fast. You know, every single yeah. sport, knowledge compounds. So, think about racers 20 years ago, right? So, they're even getting taught by the guys, you know, five, ten years before them, right? But now, mm-hmm. the techniques keep... You know building on each other and all that yeah and the
2: bikes change and like
0: and now scrubs like let's just take that scrubs (laughs) mcgrath started kind of like pre-jumping into the faces and going lower and then bubba started actually carving on the face and Mm -hmm. now look at these kids now you got 11 year olds like scrubbing the shit out of everything
2: i don't think i've ever really done a good scrub like i can do a butt scrub like, I, I get my mom to take a photo of me, and I realize my butt's just moved over. But, yeah, I mean, the evol- like, the riding style, the evolution of the riding style has really, really, really changed. But but freestyle, I mean, there's no room for error. I mean, with, with, like, dirt bikes and racing, I mean, you can kind of progress, you know, little by little, you know? you I mean, you have a lot more to work with. And, but freestyle, I mean, you make one mistake, and your career is done. Well, like, so- I...
0: I, and I totally agree with you, but I think now the implementation of foam pits was a huge one. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then now the airbags is really going to open up a bunch of doors because it's basically, you know, a foam pit is your worst case scenario mm-hmm. practice. So practicing a flip, there is no such thing as a half flip. So you want to have best case scenario when you land on your head. I mean, some people don't, but it's a very select view. Most people are going to land on their head. I can tell you if I tried to learn flips the dirt, I would be okay, dead. On your and can you press play. Hey, Ike, right, settle on down. Hey
1: on. Alright, <laughs> so, uh, not to interrupt, but <laughs> Christy and her sister went to Target. Alright, take Aim care of the kids. Everybody loves Target. I gotta go watch these kids make sure. I'll be right back. Alright. Full- Fuller okay. House cut off on Netflix, so now well,
2: oh, damn.
1: I'll
0: <laughs> be um, What up, dude? What the heck were we talking about? Uh,
2: phone pits in London on your head. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I'd be dead if there weren't phone pits when I was learning. Yeah. For sure. It just,
2: it just blows my mind, though, like how much more fearless kids are nowadays. Like, you know, look at uh, the little deacon. Like, how old was he? Nine years old, hucking the backflip. Like, it just – it's – it's wild how fast kids are progressing as well, and um, just the boundaries that they push. And it kind of makes me a little scared. Like when I'm gonna have a little ripper, I, I, I don't want to think about it now because I don't want to be that crazy moto parent that's terrified of my child out there riding. But you know the the competition is stiffer, and you know it just gets gnarlier and gnarlier. And I would not even know what to do if my kid wanted to be a freestyle rider. So
0: well, you, know, you guys are like
2: a whole different breed. It's
0: it's it's no. extremely impressive. It's not yeah. that much different. Yeah. We're oh, basically yeah. flunkies that couldn't make it racing, and then decided we were just going to do tricks. I mean, because that's what it was. I I went to nationals and stuff, and then I seen uh, there was a hill that in qualifiers on Saturday I was passing people. Ike's just in there talking. I'm passing people on this down. And then I see practice on Sunday, and Kevin Windham like goes through there, must be two seconds faster. And I'm just like, I gotta find something else to do because they're way too fast. Am I gonna have to call (laughs) this?
2: Hey, hey. Hi. hi.
1: We got what
0: is going on? Yeah. It's a kid invasion, on, guys.
1: Yeah.
0: Nicholas, what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I know Isaac.
0: He's in there messing with Netflix.
1: I got it.
0: You got it take care of in there. Yeah. Oh! 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 This is this is what's happening. What's going on? Everybody aborted Netflix, and now...
2: Hey. we're the source of entertainment. Hi.
0: Can you say
1: hi? Hi. Hi.
2: How are you? you? Good. Good.
1: This is Bryn, and... Which one are you? What's your name? That's Ike.
2: Whose dirt bike is in the back there?
1: Well, it's both of theirs, but... She quit riding it, and he started riding it.
2: How come you get quit riding?
1: I don't know.
0: <laughs> she doesn't have a positive female role model, Amy. Oh. At least in, the riding, in riding, sorry, Christy, before I get in trouble.
1: Yeah, don't start that.
0: <laughs> She'll hate me even more, oh, Nick. I
1: she quit. Because Fuller House came out, so she watches that. She doesn't want to ride. Hang on. All right, put your phone down. I know. I'm back on it. There you go. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know what we interrupted, but... <laughs> I... <laughs> All right, still there, Amy?
0: I'm back. <laughs> you're back? Is Amy still there? I'm,
1: I'm
2: still
0: there. All right. <gasps> And I got a key break out
2: of the so it was a kid,
0: That so was a kid and kid break. Oh, there's the Dell. I saw the Dell. You saw dude, you got a Dell. Dude. You got a Dell. Where is that kid now? Didn't he get arrested for drugs or something?
1: Uh no, this was that was probably ten years ago. You couldn't get caught smoking the pot.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now yeah.
1: Dell would have encouraged it.
0: And like, yep, that's asked, us. They're like we're very progressive. Our spokes <laughs> model smokes the reefer. um so how did you get into monster trucks monster trucks
2: yeah you know they say with age comes a cage guys
0: i tried uh, i tried i contacted a bunch of independent monster truck drivers that i knew from doing monster truck shows and they were like can you drive a semi and i was like i don't want to and that's uh, <laughs> as far as my monster truck driving career made it.
2: Yeah, well, the independents, I mean, that's a whole different ballgame. Like, they're usually just drivers of some guy who has a ton of money. Because no. I couldn't imagine, like, how they go about their career. But with Feld and Monster Jam, um, you know, it, it's, like, what they've set up and created is, like, incredible. Um, but, yeah, I went to a show. I brought one of my little moto kids to the show here in Winnipeg. And uh, Cynthia Gauthier, she drives Monster Mutt. used to race motocross, uh, like French-Canadian here. She raced some of the Canadian nationals, too. And I always followed her on social media. Like, the power of social media kind of brings all the moto chickies together. And you got to keep tabs on them all and see what's going on. But, um, yeah, I watched her show, and and I just sat there. I'm like, yep, this is what I want to do. There's a roll cage. I can make it to work on Monday and probably feel less sore. Um, But I just kind of figured out what doors I had to knock on and who I had to contact. And, you know, again, all my connections I've made in the past years um, really helped. And I got in. Like, I got an addition at Monster Jam University. And I remember showing up and my – I was nervous. Like, I don't drive anything with four wheels very well. Like, I've been a two-wheel kid. I've made fun of the people who drive four wheels. So (laughs) um, it was kind of a reality check. I don't know – you know, anything about, you know, the engines and how to work on stuff. And that's a really big role is knowing it. these machines.
0: You don't um, want them.
2: But, um, <laughs> yeah, I got a call from my dad in the morning. He said, Amy, just drive it like you stole it and just go have fun. And, um, you know, nowadays with Monster Jam, you can learn to be a great driver. But you have to know how to talk to the kids and talk on a microphone and know how to captivate a crowd it's a it's a a great job for what my skill set brings to the table like i am a big bold personality so like this is a perfect job for me this is where if i had an end career this is where i would have always dreamed of being never thought i would get there but again you know the fact that i dropped that goal of wanting to just be a pro racer and you know chase that one dream you know, allowed me to open these doors and say yes to all these mm-hmm. other paths that led to here like i'm I'm super grateful that I you know found this end goal like it's either going to be driving trophy trucks or our razors. You see a lot of the two wheel people you know transition over there, but unless I got you know six hundred grand sitting in the bank, like racing that Lucas oil or anything four wheels is just like out of my financial range so
0: Listen, you just got to make your social media bigger and start advertising Fit Tea. What's that? You just got to make your social media bigger, start advertising Fit Tea, and you'll be good to go. You got Uh, the Fit Tea monster truck.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Hold this little (laughs) tea bag and you're instantly going to get abs.
0: That's right, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) That's right.
2: I mean, social media is great now. And I think there's a stigma behind it. I know, you all people... There's a lot of fast, talented people out there, but, you know, the world and the industry is changing and it is going digital and people are paying athletes and, and influencers rather than spending 500,000 whatever dollars putting, you know, an ad in a magazine. Like, it, I was smart to kind of jump on that bandwagon at an early age only because I understood how to use social media. Mm-hmm. But, I mean if you know how to use yeah. it right and you know how to, you know, create a good brand around yourself and kind of
0: you know, not sell out
2: and post the fitzy stuff, like, you can use it to your advantage.
0: What does that sound?
2: I have no idea. What's that? It sounds like the Titanic coming into port right
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what that was? Your I bet that was my phone by <laughs> On the fucking counter that your was on.
1: <laughs> Does that mean, is this thing on? Or is it listening through this one?
0: It's going through your camera. Or through your uh-huh. computer. But you know why? Because I unplugged it. Yeah, but it was sitting there so vibrating wait. on the camera.
1: We kind of glazed over it earlier. Amy, you got a podcast, don't you? Is that the Down and Dirty?
2: Um, I am a co-host to Jim Beaver's Down and Dirty radio show. Um, we're a podcast and nationally syndicated on... Uh, a whole bunch of radio stations. I mean, Jim's been doing it for years, and I've been very, very fortunate to, you know, kind of be along for the ride with him. But, you know, he's really introduced me to the four-wheel side of the world. Like, he's uh, a pretty accomplished trophy truck racer, and his, his father is as well. But uh, I've i been able to learn so much about, you know, the whole other side of this world. Like, the four-wheel world is something I had, I knew nothing about. And it's like ten times bigger than motocross and like anything that has to do with two wheels. So um, it's been a learning experience. But oh, Jim is extremely knowledgeable. He's like a dad and a big brother and a business manager all in one. So I'm I owe Jim pretty much my life.
1: I've just been
0: walking through life blind, just like <laughs> uh, <laughs> R- Where Real am I going? Course. I don't know. Feel my way around here.
1: We just see what we bounce off of.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? No. So, uh,
1: How often like, does the Down and Dirty podcast start 20 minutes that's... late?
2: Well, when we have technical difficulties, we have to pre-record on Tuesdays as well.
0: Uh, uh, see, everybody, even race day live has a bunch of bullshit happen. I'm like, shh, I don't feel so bad now because they're always shutting off on us. <laughs>
2: technology works great when it works and it's you know, all hell breaks loose when it doesn't. Well
0: you like know what the thing we embrace the chaos. Here's the thing is that in the past you would have to make something and like mail it to somebody or whatever, and now we just expect everything to be instant and as soon mm-hmm. as it's not instant, we like it's like it's ten minutes late. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. What are these extra I clicked on and it's not working right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah,
2: wait, the instant gratification is like an addiction, you know, if your phone breaks down, no one knows how to basically survive anymore.
0: Well, but. see, here's how old I am. When I started doing freestyle, we had to use maps and atlases and shit. Yep. So you had to look up where you're going, then you had to go through your atlas and then run down on this highway and you to switch to the other page for the other state. And then once you get into the town, you got to go to the page that has the blown up version of the town. And then we have to go, to, then once you get there, you got to go, hey, what's a cool bar in town? Where should we go on Fridays, you know? You can't. Oh, I
2: had many moto adventures where my mom has pre-packed the Atlas for, you know, Minnesota all the way to Texas. So, I mean, I never had to navigate. I am very directionally challenged. But, I mean, that's how it was back in the day. And, you know, that's how it should be. I mean, again, that's the whole part of the adventure and the journey is just figuring it out as you go. I mean, Siri does not get it right very often either. No. Google Maps is,
0: you know, no, tends for to you sure. in the
2: wrong direction. But
0: listen, uh, I'm down with the adventure. <laughs> when we were, when I was younger, we were like, we're going to Troy, Ohio, uh, National, and um, like to go and race it, try and qualify. And we just started driving to. Now this is like, I don't know, 14 hours from here, maybe. We just start driving. We drive out there. We get to Troy, Ohio, and realize we have no idea. We had already signed up and everything. We realize we have no idea what the address of the place is. We oh, just,
2: And the track is usually off and
0: you in know, the middle down some of nowhere.
2: gravel road outside
0: of town. <laughs> yeah. So what we do is we get into Troy, Ohio, and we start driving around. We find a fire station. And we're like, these guys got to know where the friggin' track is, right? Like, yeah. So then we just go into the fire station. We're just like, hey. Where is Kenworthy Motocross Park? And they're like, oh, it's down this way, that way, blah, blah. Give us directions, and we got there. But I'm like, what a bunch of assholes drive 14 hours and have no idea where the actual track is.
2: That's awesome. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I love that stuff. Like, that's, that's what it's all about. And kids are, like, you know, today are never going to experience that. They're never going. No, they're going to punch it know, in.
0: Google Troy Worthy Motocross Park. And yeah. 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 I know.
2: I mean, we should feel privileged that we actually got to experience that way.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah. Because, you know, like you said, directionally, like I'm, I, I'll walk out of gas stations, get my car, and drive back the direction that I just came oh, yeah. from all the time. But it's like we are extra lost now because you don't have to pay attention. You're just yep. go left. Go right.
2: Amen. Yeah, you are so. What you road that. am
0: I on? Who the hell knows? I don't know. It told me. To, which way did you come in? I'm like, I don't know, dude. It made me a left and then I made a right and then I made another left. I don't know. The phone mm-hmm. told me. You know, Even walking
2: through hotels, you know, you're face down looking at your phone. Yeah. You walk back out. You're like, oh, wait, where, where am
0: I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah, way you don't did have I to get pay off the
2: elevator? At
1: all. Yeah, but I get annoyed when old people are like, okay, you're going to want to go down, go east. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds bad, but I'm like, lady, give me the right. Left the
2: or right.
0: Yeah. I'm going to punch in and I'm going to get there. Yeah, what's the name of the place or the address? I'll Google it. Just settle down. <laughs> yeah, I have to do that close. all the time, too.
2: I, I, for, I forgot my pocket compass at home. Sorry, Like, you got to give me some left and right directions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, old older people like my dad, my friend that I work with's dad, they just like to give you, you're like, I got the address. I'm good. They're like, no, li- so listen. You <laughs> it's again? not going to get you. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know where I'm at. All right? You're just wasting <laughs> your time here. I don't even know where we are now. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, but that's how it was back in the day. You know, they turned left at the cow and, you know, right at the, you know, broken down fence past the creek and. Like I don't think I could navigate that way at all, but but I have and I still do drive to the city and still figure it out. Like I usually just I like to wing it, but I'm also a girl, so I have no problem stopping and asking for directions. But I enjoy that. Like that's the what stuff I like. It? That's how you meet yeah. people.
1: Who would have thought Amy was going to make the first sexist comment on oh, oh, the whole podcast? Oh. <laughs> I don't mind asking. I'm, I just refuse to. But <laughs> that's it's for the week. That's right. I'll drive all over the place. Like, my wife will be like, "Okay, so which way are we going?" I'm like we're going that direction. I don't know where, but we're
0: just. I turn like, turning. I do it in stores. I'm like, "Hey, I just want to look around. All right, for what I want." <laughs> Every oh, see,
2: I'll I'll go in. Like, even this weekend and I went in and like beelined it to somebody. I'm like, "Hey, I need salt. Where do I get it?" I don't like to waste time.
1: No way. I'm not
0: asking anybody. But you no. like to talk to people.
2: Yeah, I love to talk to people. Like, hey. And people think it's weird. I'm at the. I always get the weirdest looks at the at the register when I try to make small chat with like the cashier, and it's like no one talks to you, or you think I'm weird because I'm asking how your day is, or you know, commenting on my grapes I just bought. But you, know, there's no personal you know interactions anymore, and it's just it's kind of sad. And
0: well, like, I will go. still
2: always go to the, the the cashier instead of personal checkout at Walmart. No matter how long the
1: line is. Well, I never side with the robots, so I always go to the person. Dude, fuck everybody. I'm going to the robots. uh, Ah, you've sold out. (laughs) Sold
0: out to I want to talk uh, to as few people as I can. (laughs) And I want to get out of there as soon as possible.
1: This is Clint describing how he did pit parties before (laughs) a show.
2: (laughs) Sunglasses where the the motor gloves don't want to shake the hand.
0: Yeah, exactly. No... uh, no. (laughs) See, everybody would
2: get mad at me because my line would be so long because I, you know, ask them their life story. Oh, I I would
0: sit next to you. I would make sure I sat next to you in the autograph line and hurried you along. I used to sit first. They would make me sit first. And I would sit there and I would go, one thing only. Because people would come up and they'd pull out like five things. And I'm like, we can only sign one thing. (laughs) Because nobody else would do it. And I'm just like, sorry, dude. Pick whichever one thing you want, son, and we just—that was it. I'll I carry the, the line along. I didn't have a long enough career to get that jaded. Amy, so I feel Amy's, like Amy's I know. Right bring it all out. Let's Amy, go. Amy's cringing right now. I she's will the, the exact the opposite.
2: Sync, okay? Like if you, you know, <laughs> I, but I, I, maybe I see it differently, or, or I mean, and I get it. Some people don't like to talk to people. Like you know, that's that's okay too. But I went from that point where
0: she already dislikes it, me.
2: No, no, no. We don't like to talk to people. We're not going to sit there and make you talk to, you know, the grandma and the auntie inside the kitchen sink. But I eat that stuff up. Like, I love it. I want to talk to every single person who wants to talk to me because I'm just so happy they want to talk to me. You know, I was that little girl who looked up to all these people and to be able to transition in that role to keep, you know, I always want to stay humble. I don't want to ever say no or have a negative look at it because I really 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 appreciate everything that I've ever gotten and to get to the point where people want your autograph and people want to say hi to you and take a photo with you I do not take that for granted I am grateful I am lucky you know there's people who have jobs that they just have to do to get by and make you know you know they don't want to be there I got a dream job you better believe that I am going to appreciate every single second of it because you know, I I don't know how long I'm going to be able to do this for, but as long as I can, I am going to, you know, be the I am going to sign every kitchen sink and kiss every baby <laughs> and just shake every hand. Well, I'm going to sit in the line so before you thankful. and curb that shit. What's that?
0: I'm going to sit in line before you and I'm going to stop all that shit. I'm going to be no,
1: only one <laughs> so thing. I was I'm at, at Red Bud when McGrath was do, when they had the box still. My dad's like, get in there, get in there, and I was like the shy kid. I kind of got in. And then he's like, all right, guys, I'm done. And I was like, I was devastated. And my dad's like, give me that fucking helmet. That helmet right up there. And he's like, we're going to get it. We walk around back. Jeremy, sign this shit. (laughs) He's like, come on, guys. But, I mean, obviously, I was never at McGrath level where I had that many people bothering us. But I just remember that, like, being this guy you look up to. And then they kind of, like, got a bail.
0: Here's the thing, Nick. Oh, and Amy, did you ever have anybody walk up in the autograph line and go, "Who did the backflip?" And you're like, "I did," and the kid looks disappointed as fuck. And then you're like, "You're like, what's the issue? Not enough tattoos?" And he's like, "Eh." Now, here, here, have you ever been in that line every
1: time and they ask who did the backflip, and then every time it's not you.
0: Yeah, but it was like, I felt like I cheated. They're like, oh, he won tonight. And I was like, Ugh. we just, we had it all planned out. I was the only guy backflipping. Like, it's not like, I feel like I'm looking at this all wrong. But, you know. But, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs>
2: um, I get it all the time, too. If you, if you have a bad show, everyone kind of just looks at you and walks by. And I won you know, the show.
0: It, no, I won the show. He was disappointed that the guy that did the backflip was me. Oh really? And I didn't. Have, Clint, I don't have tattoos. He was very, Clint always. Like, Clint, has, Clint always says his tattoos. He was very, I said the it's kid even, hairline. The kid even said it. He I, wasn't I, upset about my hairline, Nick. He was upset that I didn't have fucking tattoos. He wasn't like you're bald. You can't do backflips. He was like, I said, what happened? That. No tattoos. Because like, like, like I said, if I had tattoos, would you believe I was the guy that did the flips? He goes, yeah.
1: Huh? and that's why I tattooed my own leg
0: because
1: that's that's I, I want to tell kids I did the backflip
0: but then you gotta have your leg on the counter I one time I bought <laughs> fake tattoo sleeves and I wore them in the practice I was like what's up guys but that was it I should have worn them all, all day. Dave should have
1: worn them at the pit party I know these are all like freestyle stuff that you probably don't get in racing quite as much
2: Oh, I mean, Monster Jam's on a whole different level. I mean, oh, those yeah. are the most diehard fans of life, and they're there to see Grave Digger. Like, don't get me wrong. I toured on the Shit, yeah. on the East Coast, um,
0: dun, 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 and dun, no, it hurts
2: dun. a little. It, it it hurts a little bit when the you know, kids like bolt in past your line to just go get a Grave Digger autograph. But that's what it is. I mean, I, you know, Grave Digger created basically the sport that I'm in now, and you know, built it from what. Like set the tone. You know, I've been around for thirty-five plus years, but Man, um, yeah, I, I've had the weekends where you win and you have a great show and have a wow moment, and everybody wants to talk to you. And you know, the night show you just suck, and every kid kind of walks by and goes to the next one. And um,
0: kids yeah, are cold. It's,
2: it's so cold.
0: The kids are so real.
2: They are. Yeah, they see you for who you are, and if you don't impress them, they will walk right by your line.
1: Screw so, which kid. which truck do you drive?
2: Zombie.
1: Zombie. I think yeah, the one with the big old zombie arms. trucks.
0: Go get Zombie. ike,
1: ike, ike, ike hate threw it
0: away. Ike hates See, he threw it away. He hates the zombie truck, Amy. Dang. How do you man. feel about that little kid now?
1: I actually threw
0: it away. <laughs> he threw it away. That's how cold he is. He
1: threw it away. How cold? You didn't do that. He did, it, he did it tonight when I said you drove zombies. He just did it just now. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, she doesn't flip that thing.
2: No,
1: he didn't.
0: The she, other zombie doesn't flip though. Oh, she does flip. Uh-oh. Says she's gonna <laughs> <laughs> chump. <Candy laughs> <laughs> I don't think she knows how to take us, Nick.
2: That hurt. That hurt, guys. <laughs> I guess they get that enough, Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, kids are super real. Like, if you have a bad show, they know. They just walk right on by. Like, they pour salt in the wound there.
1: Yeah. Did you flip? And then I go, no. And they're like, move on. Move
0: on. And I'm like,
1: I'll, like st- I'll still side. And they just don't care.
0: They're like, you got sick hair, though. No, I didn't. You do have sick hair, Nick. I would love your hair.
1: Yeah. I need no product in it, Clint.
0: No product. That's just natural?
1: That's just fluff. Look at it. You bastard. It's dusty hair though. It's falling no. out. Not as fast as yours, but it's falling Dude, out.
0: Mine fell out mid twenties. Way faster.
1: And so what you have left is just holding strong.
0: It's just this is, I think, what it's going to be for the, just the rest of my life. Oh. At sim- least you're not like trying to grow it out. It's sim- no, I just, I just committed. I was like, listen, what are we gonna do?
1: Why do girls lose their hair? I mean, I know some chicks lose their hair, but a they lot of guys. They say it's because the guys
2: wear a hat. Apparently, if you wear a hat for a long time, no, it.
0: Oh, I know. never wore hats. I was never a That's a, hat a myth. It's a myth. That is a myth. I think it's all the testosterone. Just all the grunting and push-ups. That's why Nick, that's why Nick has all his hair.
1: My, I have a high-pitched voice and plenty <laughs> of hair. Look
2: at his I think we stressed arms. you guys out a lot. That's half the reason as well.
1: Look at his little arms. Uh, <laughs> I I they, I was gonna bulk up but then I realized all my hair was gonna fall out <laughs> and I'm like nah play <laughs> so the you hair get
0: all the up, one or the other. You I'll stick <laughs> with the hair uh,
1: Muscles are played out. That's like twenty seventeen.
0: So what else? else are
2: you guys doing now? So you guys run this podcast. So where have your like what's in the next like five years of your guys' career?
0: <laughs> Who the
2: hell <laughs> Dad life. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Fixing Fuller uh,
2: House on Netflix.
0: Nick's been in dad life for eight yeah, years. Yeah, quite while
1: now. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, I get some K swisses and some jean shorts, and he doesn't fuck up the road qualifiers.
0: And we get—he's <laughs> looking at me. <coughs> Can you hear me? I think when we get too crazy, she just blanks out on us. Like, I'm here. She's like, "What are these drunkards talking about? Where are they going with this? Fist
2: fights at Loretta's. I'm on board.
0: Yeah. yeah. I know. I <laughs> Nick's not. Do you need backup, Nick? Because Nick ain't fist fighting anybody. Look at him. He's just. I'll like, just come in. I'll come in here first. <laughs> you'll just put it. You'll just make them feel bad about themselves. I just stay lean so I can outrun
1: the fat mini dads.
0: There so you I'll go. Um, I'm trying to do comedy, and, uh, I've talked to a bunch of people that I know that still book freestyle shows about announcing stuff. What in the
1: hell is going on over there, Nick? I don't know. I got, I got the door open so I can make sure nobody's dying in there.
0: I see that. Where, where did the, I way- plan
1: on, my goal in five years is that play, makes it big in comedy and I show up and heckle him.
0: <laughs> that would make my day. By then, I'll be super good at dealing with hecklers, so you don't want to do that.
1: Mm, maybe, maybe. What about you, Amy? Where you you headed?
2: Man, I have no idea.
1: <laughs> we should have just said that, Clint.
2: Yeah, anything and everything, though. Like, that's that's the sweet part, is I don't really know. Like, I'm kind of open to whatever comes my way. Like, I, I want to drive trucks as long as I can. Like, it's awesome. I... I love it. I love traveling. I love meeting the fans. I I love that. The whole environment, it's just it's super surreal. Like I, I, It still feels surreal to this day that I'm doing that. Yeah. But, you know, just waiting for plus 30 class, guys. I, I can't wait for that class. That's that's going to be the highlight of my life when I can finally race plus 30. Oh, yeah?
0: I reached oh, there. Yeah. It wasn't that. Uh, that's actually how I broke my leg, racing a... Thirty oh, plus great. A class. <laughs> oh, <thanks>. He's, <laughs>
1: He's like, hey, you
0: got a yeah, I literally I doing. literally whole shot this moto, I'm like fifteen seconds in front of everybody, and I go to jump some triple, I jump once in practice and case the shit out of it and get bucked, and then I'm next thing you know, I'm just like sitting there like Ah my leg is broke. <laughs> there was no Sir, need. Calm to, down. Long story short, there was no need to jump that triple. None. That's motocross to a,
1: a T, though. It's always like, I didn't have to fucking do that. I
0: didn't have yeah. to jump that triple. But,
1: but you got to do it for yourself. But, you, gotta, you have to do it.
0: But there was no reason for me to think it was going to end as badly as it did. Well, yeah, exactly. It's all pushing yourself. So now I just roll everything and just hammer the corners. Yep. <laughs>
2: yeah, corner for dough, man. Jump for show.
0: I, I jumped for dough for a long time, though. It's hard to break.
2: I know. Yeah, it's, it's hard to gear down it's hard to put it on cruise control especially when you, you know, getting beat by 13 year old chicks and you know out jumped by a 14 year old boy it's it's hard to slow down and <clears throat> it's hard to transition your career
0: yeah. But. Yeah. yeah listen you're preaching to the choir right now because I just felt <clears throat> with like what in the like what you just said what the hell am I doing now and that's the yeah. kind of what um. I'm in that transition right now of what is after riding freestyle. Mm-hmm.
2: And freestyle is probably the hardest transition. <clears throat>
0: you know,
2: I can still go out and have a good time, you know, a 30, not breaking my leg, but. Listen, you know,
0: I have, su- I race plus 30A, plus 35A. I have an amazing time. That stuff's yeah. super fun to me. It always mm-hmm. was. Like, I just got caught into that was my job. So, like. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I got to a point where it, you know, even jumping became, uh, monotonous and I didn't have fun because I was always at shows. I did so many shows a year. Yeah. It it wasn't fun anymore. And then actually going to tracks and riding tracks and that kind of brought all that back because it, like you said, it was no more pressure on me anymore. It was just going to tracks and having fun. And then. But can you
2: jump a ramp, you know, uh, for fun? Like, can you do that?
0: I and would still... rather go and race a track. I would rather go and ride a track. I'm sure mm-hmm. I could honestly like but I just have a motorbike now, so my suspensions gonna be super soft and uh, I mean if somebody has a big ass landing with a big safety, sure I'll jump it. but I don't I'm not gonna I'm certainly not gonna jump to some sketchy little landing like I used to. yeah there's no need. No, exactly. And, and like, what you do you get, have
2: to prove anymore? And, exactly. Yeah. And once you
0: get to a point where you transition mentally, you know, like, <clears throat> you you know it when you're doing stuff like that. You have to be all in, you, and you always have to believe that everything's going to work out correctly, and that you're going to be all right. And once you no longer have that commitment to it, it's really hard to, to do that.
2: Yeah, it is. But usually when the guard is down and you're having a good time you know, and you start to flow and you, you know, kind of turn up the notch and, and push yourself a little bit. Like that's where you run into trouble too. When you're having a good time, you're usually like, oh yeah, like I still got this when you really don't got it because you haven't been training, you haven't been practicing. And, you know, and then I always have to keep myself in check and say, okay, I need to drive a monster truck here in a couple weeks gear down. And I have, I need to find that balance between, oh you know, turning off the racer mentality and turning on the weekend warrior. I'm here to have a good time mentality. And it, it, yeah. it's, it's been hard. I don't want to suck. I, I don't like to get beat, but it's, it's my time now. I, I transitioned. I just have to mentally transition.
0: Yeah. Somebody said to me when I started riding tracks again, cause I didn't even ride for probably well over a year. And yeah. uh, I went to a track and I started riding a little bit and they're like, do you have to, said something about, um, like, do I have to psych myself up now? And I was like, no. Mm. I have to convince myself, hey, you don't need to jump that.
2: Yeah. Just, just relax, you have to psych man. yourself down. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm like, yeah. just, hey, re- chill out. All right? You don't need to jump that big jump. Although it looks fun. Like, in those, yeah. Like you said, that 18-year-old kid is doing a big-ass scrub over it. You know? Just, it's all right.
1: <laughs> but every, every time you roll that jump, you feel oh, kind of shitty. Just,
0: a little like, bit, of my I, soul. A little oh bit, yeah. of my soul gets taken away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, I used to hit this. I would I have jumped it. Not this. Just not this week. Not now. Sorry.
2: That's why I love California, and they have vet tracks now with super jumps, and you know, I'll just go ride right a much easier track now. But but yeah, I mean it, it's. It's hard because I actually feel like I'm going a lot faster now because I've, you know, the pressure's off and I'm just cruising around and, um, but I'm getting older and the riders just get younger. And that 12 year old girl whipping by me on her 85, it hurts a little bit. It it stings, but that it is what it is. I mean, I, I'm okay yeah. with it. I just have to continuously tell myself
1: that you're just, we're at your all at that point head. where we're, like you said, transition where you're kind of like this whole, your whole life you've been chasing this. Yeah thing, and now it's like, okay, well, that's not happening. Not that mm-hmm. good stuff isn't happening, but you know, winning that uh, championship or X mm-hmm. Games or something's just not a...
0: I think people like us <laughs> get so fixated on a thing that that's the issue is that... Mm-hmm. You're, yes, yeah. You're like so Expectations. Hard, I gotta check on the Bambinos. Alright, you're so hard on a goal and just fixated on a goal that when that doesn't happen or when you can't make it happen, that's like a... It's a... It's a big blow, you know, and mm-hmm. you gotta to adjust to that.
2: You know, setting goals are good. You know, setting realistic goals are. You know, dreaming big is good, but you know, putting too much expectation on yourself and those goals is what is going you know, to hurt you in the end. You have to be very flexible with you know those dreams and and yourself, and that's kind of this key message I've learned over time is you know the expectations of myself at a young age is what got me down. But the realization of this goal, that the goals and the dreams just transitioned and got bigger and, you know, jumped ship to, from two wheels till four. And, you know, that's okay. That's cool. And that's awesome. But you know, those expectations my, that I had early on really weighed on being able to progress and go in the right direction. So you know, there tip, is any advice saying, I could offer. Though. It's, you know, continue to dream big Continue to set big goals, but drop the expectations and just enjoy the journey and just keep trying and pushing it. But, you know, learn as you go and allow your dreams to be flexible.
0: Here's the thing, though, and I understand what you're saying and I agree to a point. But like I think that the fact that like say from ground zero, you had zero expectations of your riding or anything would you have pushed and gotten as good as you did? And I doubt that you would have. And having gotten as good as you did, and I'm assuming just from my experiences, if I hadn't have ridden and concentrated on racing as much as I did and become pro, if I wasn't a pro racer at the time, when I got approached to try and jump these ramps for monster jams back in the day when it was like Uh SFX, like six companies ago, If I wasn't already pro and jumping jumps and doing a couple of tricks, I never would have had the confidence to say yes to that. And that's one thing that you've even said through this conversation is that you've been in the position to say yes to opportunities that came up. And that's because you tried so hard to be good at what you were trying to do. And, And putting that much effort in and trying that hard Made gave you the the skills tools yeah exactly to be able to take advantage of those you know a lot of people say they want to wait around for this or that but if you're not you know like I think and I'm sure you did the same thing you just had this thing that you wanted to do you didn't know how you were going to make it happen <laughs> or yeah. if it was going to happen but you just constantly pushed towards it yeah and that's what and you built skills up and you built skills up and even though it didn't go in the exact direction that you imagined that it was going to go building those skills was still the foundation to take advantage of the opportunities that you got
2: oh absolutely
0: so if you had never had any expectations and never pushed really hard and never gotten disappointed with yourself and then tried harder you yeah, wouldn't true. have you still wouldn't have been in the position to do what you did so i mean i think that Although, same as me, you didn't do what you wanted to initially, you still made it really far and you built a foundation that made you able to capitalize on all these things that have happened. I I wouldn't be down on yourself for having expectations and not reaching them. I I would just see that all as the learning process and that's what had to happen to get you here.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not down on myself anymore. Like I'm very grateful for you know this this career that yeah, I, I've been doing.
1: What uh, are you doing? I, I'm not I, the shit over. I see that.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm grateful. Like I'm grateful for all the lessons. And you're right. Like those expectations where you, know, you, you fall, you come up short, and you know, having a little bit of regret and, um, you know, they've been then like reigniting that fire and being able to like push through it and persevere and, and continue along that journey, no matter what obstacles have come your way. But, um, no, I am stoked. Like I'm happy that it's changed and my career and goals have changed. Like, no, I, I'm very, very thankful that I dropped that goal of trying to win a pro national and trying to be the best. And you know, dove into the business side and dove into you know all these other doors and facets of the industry that's allowed me to you know, understand it on a bigger scale and try new things. And you know, it just continues to push and open that you know the doors more. Well,
0: so let's you know, if I were trying- to go
2: down one path, I'd really just leave you know one path to go down. Mm-hmm. You know what's
0: right? Yeah, I agree. You know, you have to be flexible. Exactly like you said. You know, it's the same thing. It took me a long time to bail out of racing and then go to freestyle because that was my life forever, you know. So when all of a sudden this other path opened up, it was, there was probably a year where I tried to do both. And um, I finally got to a point where I was like, you know, if I'm going to actually try and make freestyle work, I can't be spending all this time trying to do motos, you know. So I, I had to jump ship. But, I mean, it was still super hard, you know, to just... Like you said, bail on something that was my life forever. Yeah. Um, but so you actually started doing videos. You know, I, I'm kind of bummed because I started doing videos a long time ago when the, uh, YouTube just started getting going and I didn't really see the value in it. And yeah. I kind of bailed I, on there it. There is no time ago.
2: value really in it. Like I, I did it wrong. I. I wish someone educated me a lot more on how to capitalize on making money. Off but there YouTube wasn't. But,
0: there, but it wasn't like that at the time. I don't think it no. started. You know, like no. nobody was making money off of YouTube. That's why I bailed out of it. That's the exact yeah. reason why I didn't build build my following because I'm just like, I don't know what am I doing this for.
2: Yeah. Well, I was doing it for a different reason though, not to <clears> make money. It was I wanted to show people, you know, life behind the scenes, like what it's what it's like loading up you know, in a Winnebago with your friends and going to the races. You know, yeah, it was about this journey and this adventure that I just really wanted to share with a bunch of other people and, you know, with, you know, hopes to bring some good times and inspire little girls or, or whatever. Just, you know, be light and have fun with it. And I never thought people would, you know, jump on board and actually want to watch it. But, you know, I just wanted to share my journey, you know, whatever it may be, building stuff in the garage, you know, trying to figure out how to fix their dirt bike or going to the races on the weekends. And just I just wanted to share my own journey. Whether people liked it or not, love it or hate it, you know, it is what it was. I was gonna do my thing and you know keep my ears closed and my eyes focused forward and just do me.
1: Seems like you understand the uh, social media she game pretty well.
2: Yeah. I, I do, I understand how. You know, brands see it. I understand its value, and you know the transition from paper media and you know, you know to the digital world now. And you know, I don't want, I don't like it necessarily, but if if it's if it's evolving and changing, you got to jump on board, or you're gonna, you know, sink in the water. You're gonna be left behind. So I just. I try to figure it all out and, and then be different. I wanted to be unique and I wanted to do things my own way. I didn't want to sell out. I didn't want to do the, the fit tea. I was going to use social media to be as real as possible and just, you know, put myself out there and be real and raw. And again, either you like it or you hate it. You love me or you hate me, but that's who I am. I'm not fake. You're going to meet the same person in real life that you'll meet on social media.
1: That's
0: pretty much, I think, what we've been doing. But yeah, I agree. Our, our, it's different
2: for a girl. You know, it, it's it's hard. Yeah. Social media sets these expectations and, um, you know,
0: it's well, – no, social think, media
2: is fake. Like, it, it really yeah. is. I know I say that I want to be real and honest, and but it's not real life. Like, I don't know all those people. I, I you know, just try to use it to showcase what I do on my daily life, but – you know, at the same time, you've got to really understand that it's, it's not reality and, you know, people got to take it not so seriously and, and uh, you know, understand that it's, it's a tool for business. It's, it's complicated. I mean, I, it, it kind of scares me whether, you know, w- when I have a kid, how they're going to use social media. But right crazy, now it's a tool right for there. business and it's a tool for me to connect with my fans and my following. And, and uh, I just, I, you got to play it right. You've got to be smart on there.
0: We just talked to all of our fans that write stuff on our on our Instagram. Yeah. Is that how you do it? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm
1: saying. I think we're being real, but I think you've done it a little bit smoother. Like, you've, it's been more successful, obviously, for you.
2: Uh, I mean, it started off pretty rocky. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing, but it was until I can, you know, I just kept pushing that same message. I, I didn't change. I stayed the same, and I think people got it that, you know, I wasn't trying to be fake and I wasn't trying to, you know, false represent myself. And I was just doing my own, my doing my thing, you know. And, and yeah, I mean, you're going to get trolls, you're going to get haters, but I'm okay with it now. Like I like who I am. I try to be a good person and you know, be good to other people and you know, applaud people on their journey towards their goals as well. And I get how hard it is. And, um, you know, I feel like if you put good out in the universe, you get it back. So that's how i go about my
0: life no you do seem very um positive and especially supportive of other girls that want to ride and stuff like that
2: oh heck that's what it's about you know again like this this is a sport that brings people together no matter what you know what age you are sex you know how fast you are we're here all doing something that we love to do so we all got to support each other and the world is hard enough it's it's tough out there you know we we need to have each other's backs I think, uh, bam. Yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah, that was
2: perfect. I, I preach it though. I, I, I hate seeing negativity. I hate seeing people hating on each other. And, you know, I want to be that person that sticks up for that, you know, kid being bullied or that girl just trying to make her dreams reality. Like, why are we to have any opinion, you know, on someone else trying to slay their goals? Like, you know, there's no because, need for that in the world anymore.
0: Because we have the internet, and we can I know. be negative about stuff from our bedrooms.
2: Yep. Keyboard warriors, man.
0: Yeah, from wherever. Talk shit from wherever now. So Javier and I always used to go, oh, that's easy from the stands. Watch somebody do something early, and you just say, that's easy from up here. I don't know what the problem is. Now,
2: social media is an easy outlet for people with insecurities to project it onto other people. And, you know, it's a really, really hard lesson for a little girl to understand that because someone's being mean to them, it's not because of you, it's because of them and their insecurities. Well, that's
0: that's everybody, you know, to realize that lesson, I think you need to be a little bit older to fully grasp that. So what do you think, like,
1: having a little girl... Because my thing is like, okay, kids just, I don't know, it's it's a weird time. Like, I think you just don't get a phone. You don't need that until until later on. But it's like, well, then you're outside the circle. You know, how do you handle that?
2: You know, it scares the crap out of me. I I can't even imagine. And I kind of talk about this with some parents and kind of see what they do. And um, I don't know. Like I, I understand being excluded, not having a phone, so did that does that mean you have access to you know all their apps and be able to you know check in and, and keep an eye on it? But I think the biggest thing is education. You know, explain how you know these you know a phone can ruin your life, man. You know, as yeah. especially for women. You know, getting on these apps and these chats and and, and whatnot, you know, learning what's right and what's wrong, you know, Teach your kid good values and maybe, you know, they'll, they'll make a smart decision, but, you know, teach them uh, examples of what can go wrong. I mean, I, I don't even know. It, it actually scares me. It scares me. I talked to one of my buddies who has a young daughter and you know, she has Instagram and just he has no idea how to control it and the people he, she talks to and and it just gets younger and younger. And I'm it scares me as well. But, I, you know, I think good parenting, good education and just really, you know, having a good relationship with your kid and being invested in their life and actually caring, you know, yeah. hopefully you can do it right. Like, I, I have no idea. I'm not It's just hard
1: because it's like, well, how do you educate them? Like, all right, you have an Instagram account, but then you have to, like, let them know the amount of weirdos and weirdness yeah. that's out there. Like, I don't even want them to know about that.
2: I know. I, I know. You have to know it. young. I know if they have a phone, right? You have to educate them. I, I, I say,
1: I don't, even don't get a phone because here, every, here, Everything on the internet ever is on. It's on. It's at the yeah. fingertips. Or get like, a phone
2: that is only you know has no Wi-Fi or internet, where you can just call back home. You know, you can call your your friends like, or call like mom cup, and dad. A
1: cup with <laughs> a string to another cup.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Walkie-talkie. Here get you them like go. a, a far two-way pager. Yeah, but then, like you said, you know, there's nine-year-olds who have Instagram, and I they're going to be excluded and left out from <laughs> the pack, or their buddy's going to have a phone and they're going to go on through there. It's like. It's it scares the crap out of you guys. Like, I it's that's the biggest why i birth control in the world. It's <laughs> me, but you just you know be a be a good dad where your kids respect you. That hopefully they'll you know be very open and talk to you about it. That's- you
0: already messed up, Nick.
1: You know what? That's why I'm on Instagram because I'm just <laughs> trying to be ahead of the game.
2: Yeah, just I'm, trying to monitor. I'm, already,
1: I'm threatening like seven, eight year olds all over town on Instagram, <laughs> oh. just talking shit.
0: Does everyone that comments on your daughter's Instagram?
1: She doesn't have an Instagram. She said. <laughs> <laughs> she, loud, she but Ike, She's Seth. Not
0: allowed. But Ike's a boy. He has one. He's what, four? Yeah, but he's
1: already been reported for cyberbullying like several times.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: No, I'm kidding. He doesn't I know.
2: Uh, I'm just, hey, seven years old, they'll have Instagram. I mean. No, I
1: know. I know. But no, not my kids. I just good. said... Fuck it, people. say like, like, oh, that's what's normal. Nah, that's nah, just normal
2: for you. Lay down the law. No, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what that's what's normal for them, but not your household. Uh, yeah, I, exactly. I dig that. Lay down the law, Dad. You got it.
0: All right, we're gonna now leave me alone because I'm on Instagram. <laughs> All right, go on Instagram. All right, we're gonna um, wrap her up. Everybody got quiet on me. Sorry. I know. Shut us down. Usually we keep
1: commenting. I not even to to you. There you go. I not, I, I not clean up the mess. I was not looking for the
2: zombie.
1: cheating up on us.
2: No, I'm no, here. Still I'm oh, listening. He was in
1: there. He was in there looking for the zombie monster truck. And I I went in when I went to pee. He's got like fifty monster trucks. I I don't know. I didn't realize we had that many.
2: I'll have to make sure I get you guys tickets. Uh we're coming to Rosemont, so I know that's close to you.
1: That's us. Awesome. I've jumped Rosemont before. That would be awesome.
2: Yes. But and, we have to get him a new monster truck, a zombie monster truck that's not. I'll new tell Ike
1: I'll like, it's not in the garbage. He's a liar. He's just an instigator. And I'll tell him that and watch him clam him up when he sees you. Like I'm like, this is the one you told her you threw your monster truck away. You're like,
2: I'll get him you know, to do zombie up. arms. He'll, he'll fall back in love.
1: Pressure on now. I
2: can't. Uh, I gotta have a good show.
1: like he's doing them. Yes. Do zombie arms. Let's see. Uh she says you're a wimp.
2: There we
0: go. <laughs> Peer pressure works.
2: Awesome guys. Well, thanks for having me on.
0: No worries. Good talk. Uh, thanks for being uh, on. Yeah,
2: yeah, I wanna. I wanna come back on again. Like I enjoy <laughs> chatting with a couple of people who actually, you know, are established in the industry and done their thing it's it's kind of refreshing I don't know you get I'll a lot of podcasts of people who are kind of uh, you know, no we're them. gonna go with that
1: she said it
0: <laughs> Let's run we're it. gonna take that sound bit that we're established yeah we're just gonna run that that's a promo now for the show
1: like Amy said it Amy <laughs> how, how do you say your last name really yeah say it
2: Amy Hood, like
1: I'm from the hood. Oh, uh, I said I was saying howdy, because that's how I read it in my American <laughs> head. Amy you. Howdy. Amy <laughs> hood. hood. Well,
0: that changed it up. All right. So Amy, Amy Hood said it first. All right. There you go. We're established.
2: Right on, guys.
0: All right. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're ending the live feed. Everybody get out of here.
1: Adios. Now it's
0: going to ask me if I definitely want to, yes. Are we unlived? Mm, No, because it's being a pain. Now we are.
1: There we go. Making like.